Hello again, I'm Michael Lee, the Publicity Chair for the Magnetism and Magnetic Materials Conference coming up on October 31st in Minneapolis. You're about to hear the next installment in the series we've been working on with invited speakers and other notable attendees for the conference. My guest today is Dr. Montserrat Rivas, Professor of Physics at the University of Oviedo, as well as the Chief Open Access Editor of the IEEE Magnetic Society. She will be conducting a session at the MMM 2022 Writing Workshop on the preparation of oral scientific presentations. However, in this conversation, I had hoped to learn more about expanding the scope of magnetic materials research to potentially unfamiliar domains, as Dr. Rivas has done with her compelling work on biological sensing with magnetic nanoparticles. I'll let Dr. Rivas take it from here. I studied and I worked for many years on magnetic materials, especially nanocrystalline materials, thin films, multilayers. And you know, when we wrote the, the papers, we always started by saying these materials could be used for recording media or for sensing purposes or things like that. And, uh, and then I got to study nanoparticles and then we always wrote things like this can be applied for bioapplications. And, uh, and this caught me and not only me, my, my whole group, we started to, to think, well, we, we really should try to, to, to do something with these materials and see if it, if it is justified as we are saying all the mm -hmm. time. Um, of course, it was not only me, there were quite a lot of people in that direction too. I must say also, I think in the country, the, the, the funding was uh, to promoting science that was more in the direction of the application. So we decided to move to by application and try. At the beginning, it was very difficult, very, very difficult to, because we, we needed to, to find collaborators in other fields, to understand different languages. I mean, even if all of us were speaking Spanish or English, Understanding uh, languages of different disciplines is not, not easy at the beginning until it started working. And when it worked, it was so, so exciting and so motivating that uh, I'm very agree more and more about this, very happy to have got on this application. If I would have gone in another application, probably I would be happy to be close to the application. Mm -hmm. And how, how does that work with your collaborators, you know, in, in, in other types of groups, you know, in terms of just the, you know, the brainstorming or coming up with new research directions, you know, how much crossover, you know, do they come to you with ideas on magnetic materials and do you come to them with ideas um, on the biology side or, you, you know, where, where, where do you, were you able to spark that kind of innovative thinking when, you know, when what you're studying is so broad? Yeah, well, what, what I tried to do is I, I, I mingle with people. I, 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 I get together with people of other disciplines and I tell them what I can do with, with mm -hmm. magnetism. I try to... To, to, to mix with people of other disciplines like biology, chemistry, and even medicine. And um, 
I, I try to do as much as uh, dissemination as I can of the things that we have already done about bioapplication of magnetic materials and the advantages that I know they can bring. And then the, there is frequently somebody who says, I would like to try that for my application. This was precisely what I was needed or things like that. Mm -hmm. And not only researchers, sometimes even companies say, well, I see here a new method to, to, to solve a problem that cannot be solved. And why don't try and, um, why not try and uh, your magnetic balls, as they say. So um, the idea is not working always with people who has the same knowledge as you do. If I only go to conferences or talk to people that know about magnetic materials, I will learn a lot about magnetic materials, but uh, it will be difficult to find ideas in the biological field. So we, we need to go and, and talk to others. And of course, once you start publishing and, and giving talks, sometimes it has happened that people have come to us, for example, I have a very good memory of some doctors in our, our regional hospital who were uh, oncologists, specialists in colorectal cancer, which is a very aggressive one. Mm -hmm. And they, they came to us and they said, well, we have no test between the, the fecalocal blood test, which is a test that is not, not a specific at all, and the colonoscopy, which is risky and expensive, and many people don't want to do it. We need something in, in the middle. Do you have a way to do this? Because we want to help our patients. We want something better for our patients. And mm -hmm. I like those doctors, you know, those, those, those medical doctors who wanted to do something better for the patients. And we, we started a project that was very nice one. Great. And could you, you know, we don't have to get into all the details of it, but Describe how these um, diagnostic tests work. I'm, I'm imagining you have, you know, kind of a functionalized magnetic nanoparticle that attaches to something in the body that you want to detect. Um, is is that even close to correct? And is there other other alt schemes that you use as well? Uh, yeah, we use several schemes, but the one the, the, the one that we use most and the one that I like most. Is, is one that you're going to recognize very easily now, before I had to explain it once and again, but now it's very easy to mention, like the COVID test. Mm -hmm. we, we do the, the antigen test that we buy in the pharmacy. You know, you get one, usually one or maybe two red lines saying if you're negative in COVID antigens or positive. Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of test that we do only that in that test, what they are using to attach to the, to the little piece of antigen, to the biomarker, is a particle of gold. So if you, if you read on the box, you will see it says gold antigen test. The particle of gold, Na nanometric uh, gold is red, and this is why the lines are red. Well, what we do is to put there instead of gold, we put we put magnetic particles, usually magnetite particles. They mm -hmm. still give a color, so you still can read them with naked eye because they give a 
brownish color as you know mm -hmm. but at the same time that you do this there are many other things that you can do with magnetic particles for example you can read out the signal quantify which for many applications is is very important the test that we are buying in the pharmacy is a binary test it's positive or negative but sometimes you need to know how much how much concentration of a biomarker your body fluid has Another thing that you can, and, and this we can do with magnetism, of course, because we can associate a magnetic sensor to sense the field of the particles. Another thing that you can do with the magnetic particles, for example, which is very obvious, when you have your, your biomarker in a body fluid, because we also use body fluids outside the body, right? You, you can have fluids like blood or, or human plasma or you can have fluids as urine or saliva and those are fluids that you can have a lot a lot of it right so if you if you put your particles and attach them to your biomarker even if the biomarker is in a very low concentration you can put a magnet and you can gather all, all the particles with the biomarker and then you can remove the the supernatant, right, the clean liquid, and then you have your sample very much concentrated, and then it will be much easier to detect. So mm. using magnetic nanoparticles to improve that type of, of diagnostic, rapid diagnostic test is our main goal right now. We've covered and with other biomarkers, cancer biomarkers, toxins that can be in water, so also in environment, in foods, mm -hmm. in beverages, things like that. And how, how old would you say this field is? Is it within the last 10, 15 years, longer than that? You know, when did people start um, first imagining the potential for, for using magnetic nanoparticles in, in these sorts yeah, of things? Yeah, I, I would say that old, actually. It, it was... Um, very in fashion when we started, but now is um, I I think there are more people moving into into um, ways to do something for the for energy and to move into the spintronics and things like that. That is more in fashion now. Mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to research, you do not only move because of the fashion. I know that funding leads us, guides us a little bit, but you do it also because, well, you are attracted by the field and, and that uh, motivates you especially. Yeah, the motivation is probably most important rather than fashion. I think so. Great. I think so, yeah. And when it comes to works that are multidisciplinary as, as, as ours, it takes so many years to get to, to gather these interdisciplinary groups. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so, um, and, and, and to learn each other's, each other's language, as I said before, you know, before I could say streptavidin, I had to train <laughs> for days. <laughs> exactly. So um, that, um, you know, when, when you're in, in your own topics, you're in magnetic materials, you study magnetic materials, and I really love it because it is the, the, the field where I really feel comfortable.
right? Mm -hmm. um, but I have the impression that when I study about that, yes, I can give something, something, but I, I, I don't learn so much. I learn slowly, right? But something that I like to go into other fields like medicine or biology or chemistry is that I didn't know anything. And now I learned one thing. So I have improved 100% my knowledge. <laughs> and that makes you feel also very well. Thank you again to Dr. Rivas for participating in this interview series. And make sure you're registered for the writing workshop to hear from her directly. And also make time to check out one of the conference sessions on magnetic sensors and devices to learn more about the field.